Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! La la la! <laughs> Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. If you wouldn't mind. Also, you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com. Um, this week, we have the regatta to discuss. Regatta. So many stripes. Um, we <laughs> so so many teeth missing. And Charlotte stuck her tongue out at us, at all of us. She's laughing at us and with us. Yeah. And then we have a James Middleton interview that will just tickle your heart. It's just so freaking cute. Hint, it's about therapy, which we love. It's about therapy and dogs. And dogs, our two favorite subjects. Yes. And then uh, we are joined by Caroline Holloman, who is a senior news editor at townandcountry.com. We finally got a town and country person to come on the podcast. Finally. (laughs) We cite them as sources all the time. And sometimes I'm like, are we using too much of their work? Listen, they... So now they're on. They give us so much. um, And so we are so excited to have Caroline on. And we're discussing all things royal vacation. We should go on them. I would love to go on them. Um, okay. And so before we get into all of that, though, we have... Um, royal refreshment. We have a royal refreshment. We sure do. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. So um, we brought we broke the PIMS back out. Back on the PIMS. And, and then... And you did something amazing. Yes. I, again, <laughs> went through the studio and stole something that wasn't mine. <laughs> that part isn't amazing. It was the Izzy Sparkling Clementine... And we added it to the PIMS, and it's so good. So sparkling orange soda and PIMS, delicious. Delicious. This is truly like one of the best drinks we've had in a while. Although I did really like all the Moesha and Dawn stuff and the Hennessy stuff. Like We've actually been drinking quite well lately. I, I love a champagne, obviously, but this is just very refreshing and very summery. So mm. like a, it brings out the interesting citrusy flavors of the PIMS. Even though outside just feels like a stormy, muggy teapot. It's for sure going to be raining by the time we leave the studio. But As until always, then, we're inside and we're safe. Um, and then we have a very nice listener email. Yes, we can take this one. From Andrea, the subject, really obsessed, the familiar voice I needed. Aww. Um, she writes, Hi, Caitlin and Lisa. I discovered your podcast a few months ago, and I just wanted to say how obsessed with it I am and how much I love listening to you to discuss my favorite topic, the British royal family. Holla. My, <laughs> <laughs> my royal obsession started back in second grade. Um, my mother loved Princess Diana as the whole world did and dressed me as Diana for Halloween that year. Since then, she and I have always shared our favorite comings and goings of the royals. I love that. The reason for my email is to thank you for being the familiar voice I needed recently. I just started a new job, and while I love it, it has been a little hard to get to be around so many new faces. I've taken to walking every day over my lunch hour, and listening to your podcast during that time gives me the familiar voice I needed to hear. Ah, I love that. I have worked my way through all of your available episodes, which freaks me out. Like, who knows what I said a year ago? Sorry, back into this. So I have no idea what I'm going to do when I have finished them all. Let's be real. Probably listen to them again. Whoa. Amazing. Uh, anyway, thanks for being the most fun, upbeat, and informative podcast out there about such a great topic. Keep being amazing, ladies. All the best, Andrea. We are so happy to be there for you, Andrea. Yes, and thank you for all the compliments. I feel very um, <laughs> boastful by... Yeah, that's the word. By reading that aloud. Exactly. But... Um, no, it's really kind, and we're so happy to be there for you. Um, I still 
I don't know how anyone listens to my voice for hours on end. I, I feel this way about certain podcasts. Like when I l- listen to Bitch Sesh, I feel like I'm hanging out with my friends. And then sometimes if you're lonely or you're going through like a friend fight or yeah. a friend breakup, it's nice to have the friends in your ears. So it's really lovely that for some people we can maybe feel that role. And Happy that makes, to do it. That warms my heart. Happy to do it. That's how I feel about Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton. I know. They're <laughs> our friends, too. <laughs> they're my friends. They don't talk back to me, either. It's very confusing. <laughs> um, and so thank you so much for writing. Again, if you want to write into the podcast, info at gallerypodcast.com. Um, and then next up, we have This Week in Royal History. It's a fun one. And now, This Week in Royal History. It's the birthday of Princess Anne, August 15th, 1950. Her full name is Anne Elizabeth Alice Louise. They really just, they really just use the same names over and over again. And they love having so many names for so one many person. names. But Louise is a good one. You don't hear a lot about a Louise. Um, but she is the she was born at Clarence House in London. She is the second child of Queen Elizabeth IV, and she's the only daughter of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. Um, when she was born, her mom was still just a princess. Of course, she could have had a slightly normal life. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's really made her life pretty normal, about as normal as you can get. She's um, the badass of the family. She's absolutely the badass. Truly, of that generation of royals, she is my favorite, and without not, a doubt. Yeah, and not for nothing. Um, she's very striking now, but when you look at some of the portraits of her that came out in, like, the 70s, she was just so incredibly beautiful. She had, like, gigantic hair. She really made a lot of, like, late 60s, early 70s hair. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing her depicted in The Crown Season 3, which I do think she will be because we know that she was cast, right? Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, but, yeah, I just... So when I think about Princess Anne, my characterization of her actually comes from the Fug Girls. So Mm -hmm. they sometimes, if you read Go Fug Yourself, they will characterize the royals or other celebrities in certain personalities that they sort of invent for them based on, like, context clues, like very fanciful versions of the people. So for Princess Anne, they always depict her as sort of like a badass detective who's on the case for something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that's sort of how I envision her as well now. Um, She's just great, and she has, like, the most normal, low-key kids, and she's such a great-grandmother to little Mia and Lena. Lena. I never pronounce it right. I think it's Lena. Maybe it's Lena. I don't know. I also don't pronounce things right, and I I see the reviews. I just feel like I said Lena once, and I thought you corrected me, but maybe I was wrong. I don't know. I don't know. She's just, like, a great-grandma, and she's always, like, rough and tumble with those two. I corrected you because you called Mia Lena. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think it's because I want Mia to stay little forever. Aw. I know. It's crazy how time works. I know. I hate time. So anyway, yeah, I just I love any pictures of the Tyndall kids being out and about, but especially with Princess Anne. She's just really cool. And I like how she has chosen to live her life. And she's also a really hardworking royal. She's always like way up there with the events. Yeah. She's going to so many different events. I love seeing her ride a horse. I love seeing her. Yes. Like doing all the stuff that the guys do she's a badass woman yes so awesome we just adore her so happy what is this Mm, 69th birthday i'm not great at math my my dad was born in 53 and he and he's in his late 60s which would make her 69 happy 69th birthday to princess anne i can't wait to celebrate 70 next year oh my goodness oh this also reminded me i'm looking at her bio now that of course she loves to ride horses that's how she met her first husband mark phillips um and that who was on the british equestrian team but also of course that anne went to the olympics as well so that's just awesome of course she did just wanted to mention that um 
Okay, so let's get, speaking of sporty things, into the King's Cup Brigada. So the Cambridges started teasing this like three months ago. So this was like really on my calendar, especially because we knew that August was going to be such a dead time. And then they had to have it a day early because of the weather. Yes, which was alarming for me because I knew I was going to be writing about it. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I love when the Cambridges compete against each other because they are so competitive and so sporty. And I feel like this is really where you get to see their real relationship. Because yes. I assume like behind closed doors, they like tease each other and they have kind of a really like a friendship. And so I like this because they competed against each other and they both lost. But Kate, <laughs> Kate like super lost. And so she was Kate's handed super lost. a giant wooden spoon. Yeah. So apparently it is tradition that the biggest loser, the worst, worst loser gets this giant spoon. So it was presented to her. I highly recommend watching a little video if you haven't seen it or like find it on Instagram because she, of course, handles it so well. And she's, like, really laughing her butt off, um, like, very genuinely. Um, And also Kensington Palace, which, again, I feel like this is yet another example of them loosening up their social media just a little bit, is that they sort of posted a cheeky Instagram and twit, twit, (laughs) tweet about um, Kate losing. And it was, like, you know, how she's being a good sport. Um, So I really liked that. Um, Yeah, she was a super loser. One of my top 10 favorite, all-time favorite Kate Middleton moments is when she beat William in a boat race a couple of years ago. And she did a big, like, Kanye shrug. Yeah, the Kanye (laughs) shrug. I'm doing it now. You guys can't see it. But where she's like, "Mm, sorry. Sorry for partying. Sorry I'm better than my husband. And it's just such a funny moment. So I loved that. Alas, it did not happen this time. And you know what's funny? Everyone was so obsessed with the fact that she wore shorts at this event. I don't get it. I'm not going to comment whether she looks good or not because I... She looks amazing. Like, I won't comment on women's bodies. So even (laughs) if she looks good, what she does, I'm not going to say it. But, like, everyone was like, she wore shorts. We love it. Like, look at her in these shorts. And I'm like, it's a sport thing. Like, she wore, like, comfortable clothes. If she had worn a dress, it would be absurd. It would be crazy. I guess, like, she wore shorts instead of pants. But I don't know if it's hot or you're going to get water on you from, like, all the water that you're boating through why would you want to wear pants like yeah get your pants wet I mean listen I get it when it comes to trying to find content especially about the royals especially in August because there are only so many angles but like it would never have occurred to me to be like oh yeah it's rare for Kate Middleton to wear shorts in public which I guess it is of course it is like I've never thought about it I literally I've never had a single thought like does she wear shorts no it's never Never occurred to me that said if she wore a really court cute jean shorts I'd be like oh where did you get those because I think it's really hard to find cute jean shorts if anybody has any recommendations for cute affordable jean shorts tweet at me email <laughs> me like I really could use a new pair hey men's yeah at hey men's <laughs> like hit me up made well like tell me where to shop um so yeah I just would never that would never have occurred to me I do while we're on the fashion beat for a moment um this did not get covered anywhere because she changed out of the outfit almost immediately but when she first appeared um for the boat race, Kate was wearing an atrocious outfit. You guys, I know. Some people liked it. I think <laughs> it I saw some atrocious. people. Some people in the Facebook group liked it. So we don't. We don't. Listen, um, if think... you liked it, I mean, it was very nautical. It was like really, really like she wore sort of like sailor pants with little buttons on the hips and like a stripy shirt um, that was like ribbed. But <sighs> if you liked it, then like good for you. But for me, I was like, 
70s mom. Yeah, the color, like the colors of the stripes were like orange and brown. And I, I do think she was actually going for a 70s look, but it just like, ugh, it did not work for me. Sorry, I'm um, not watching the Brady Bunch. No, it just was not great. But thankfully, she changed out of that immediately and into the shorts, the little sporty outfit. Um, also on the fashion beat. Okay, so we knew that we'd see Kate and William, but surprise, we got Cambridge kids. Yes, except for Louis. He's back to being elusive. Back to being elusive. Um, I don't. I think it's really hard to have a one-year-old on a boat. Like he, he would have had to be held the entire time. Yes. Um. But we saw Prince George with his big, huge, toothless grin. Oh my God. Okay. So, you know, we all looked at the birthday portraits a couple weeks ago, and he had at least one more front tooth than this because he is now rocking zero top front teeth. Which I'm sure he's super proud of because when I was losing teeth when I was younger, I remember being like, heck yes. <laughs> and like getting my quarters under my pillow. I was yeah. getting rich. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's, it makes the photos that much cuter, you know? And he wore like a little striped polo, of course, and little khaki shorts. And he's wearing a captain's hat through most of the, the photos as he watched the race. And I just feel like, you know how... I mean, I'm always thinking of their life of their lives weirdly in retrospect. I think of photos that they will have to be looking at for the rest of their lives. One is, you know, like his christening. One is little baby guy meeting Obama in the robe. And I think this kind of photo is one that people will put in retrospectives forever because he's just so freaking cute. And then another really cute photo is Princess Charlotte sticking out her tongue and then oh Kate next to her just like laughing hysterically yes. but also kind of like oh my gosh yes so Charlotte was also there which was so delightful and her little like blue and white striped again tons of stripes my I read about this for the cut and my original headline was the royals were comically nautical at a boat race today because I did think it was comical they changed it to adorable which is a fair choice um, <laughs> but yeah so she looked really cute too and I just want to say I don't know if this is even like worth noting at this point, but she looks so much like Prince William more and more every single day. And I think the clearest photo of her on the boat is her sort of grinning, like looking up under her eyes in a way that um, Prince William does the exact same thing. And so, of course, and I saw people doing this in the Facebook group, like collaging together similar photos of William making the same face, which is also a Diana face. Mm -hmm. And it's just... It's so striking, and I'm so excited to see how she develops looking. I think the boys look very Middleton-y, and then I think Charlotte looks just like William. It's incredible to me. Amazing. Um, yeah, So, and then, of course, she had the tongue-sticky-out moment, which these kids, what rascals. What rascals. Um, so we have another quick Middleton update. Uh, we have to move along because we've got Caroline coming up. But this one's about James Middleton. So as you know, we love him. His Instagram is one of our favorite accounts. What um, a great celebrity. He is so amazing because we love dogs and we love mental health. And that's like what he loves too. Sure does. So he had an interview with The Standard where he talked about dogs and also um how animals can help people overcome mental health issues. And so this is a really great quote from him that we have to repeat like verbatim. Fundamentally, inside me, I know how much the dogs helped me. I find it easier talking to the dogs than I sometimes do to humans. Valid. I just love this freaky dog guy. And so he was sort of advocating um, bringing dogs to therapy and using animals for therapy. Um, and he said that... Um, with just putting dogs in the right places in hospitals and mental health centers, you really break through because people just chat about the dog and you have conversations. I know it can work. So Ella came to all of my therapy sessions with me. And that's why I was so supportive of it. And I want to do more myself. Oh, my God. Oh, you, my God. I just I completely understand that because I've had 
Uh, this happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was dog sitting a dog and then I started crying about something, which like we don't have to get into. I cry very easily. <laughs> and the dog leapt up onto my lap and started licking my tears off my face, which, yes, it's because it's salt water. So they're like, ooh, salt. But also it's love. I'm yeah. just saying. It was a dog I barely knew. And that dog was licking the tears off my face. Thank you, dog. I even just get so much joy watch, uh, looking at the pictures that he posts of the dogs. Like oh all God, of his I dogs. Know. They're always so happy. It's just so sweet. So I love when he posts about dogs. I love when he talks about mental health because I always love when people talk about mental health. And I just think this is wonderful. Isn't it's, it weird to think that like a year ago we didn't know this much about James Middleton? Like he was really quiet up until recently. We didn't know this Instagram account was coming and we didn't know My all life is just so much better knowing all of this. Yes. And so that's such a happy story. But we have to discuss a more distressing story that's been in the news. Um, it's We try to keep things really light here, really positive, And, you know, but this is something we can't ignore because it's everywhere. Yeah. So like I feel like the time has sort of come for us to just address the Prince Andrew Jeffrey Epstein situation so um, obviously Epstein passed away over the weekend but the day before new court documents came out showing you know new allegations against Prince Andrew Mm -hmm. and right after those came out and after um, Epstein's passing this past Sunday the Queen um, you know, she's at Balmoral, but she went to church with Prince Andrew in the car with her. Or rather, they left church together. They went to services together and they left and went back to Balmoral in the same car and like smiled at the crowd. And it was, you know, seen as a show of support. Um, Buckingham Palace has, of course, and the family have, of course, denied all the allegations Um pretty stiffly, I have to say. And this, to me, spoke even more about you know, that the family is going to stand behind him and support him because she was sitting next to him and they were smiling for the cameras. And um, the allegations are really disturbing. That's pretty much all we have to say. It feels weird to, like, pretend it's not happening. And the queen is clearly sort of making a statement. And the story isn't going anywhere. I don't know how often we'll be talking about it because, again, it's just, like, so horrifying. And Yeah, sometimes our barometer for whether or not we should mention an upsetting story is whether it's getting headlines everywhere. And this is everywhere. It's really everywhere now. Um, It just, it's really bad. And it's a shame that, you know, both the York parents have, you know, connection had connections to Epstein, and I feel like his daughters, their daughters, are doing such great work. And I hope it's not overshadowed by this kind of stuff. Um, anyway, just wanted to mention that. And it uh, feels weird to segue, but now we have to segue to <laughs> actually something that's really nice, yes. Caroline. <laughs> so now we are joined by Caroline Halliman, who is the senior news editor at Town and Country, to talk about much happier things, which is royal vacations. We are so happy to have you here because, again, we've been trying to get you on the podcast for like a year. So long. <laughs> You're so like fancy and swept a book. I mean, part of the difficulty is that you are in Nashville right now. Yes. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to finally be here. <laughs> yes. I mean, here in Nashville, in New York. Here in but Nashville. Close enough. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you cover the Royals uh, for Town & Country. Do you have a general beat for them? Like, what are your favorite kind of stories to write about the Royals? Oh, gosh. I mean, I love the fashion quick hits, but I also really like kind of the deep dives into history, the stuff you don't hear about kind of in the day to day. Those are some of my favorites to cover. 
Yeah, we really depend on those, by the way. I know. We (laughs) cite your work all the time. You're basically an honorary third host. That's very, very true. Um, So today we want to talk to you all about um, royal vacations. And so you recently wrote a story, a sort of explainer about Balmoral. So can you tell us a little bit about the the history of Balmoral, uh, like when it was built and when did it become a residence for the royals? Sure. So um, something that's really interesting about Balmoral is that it's actually a private residence of the royal family. So some of the various houses where they live belong to um, the crown, but Balmoral actually belongs privately to the queen. So um, and it came to have ties to the royal family um, in the mid 1800s when Prince Albert and Victoria purchased the castle, but it's much older than that. So Originally, there was a castle that was built on that site in the 1400s, um, but it wasn't big enough for Albert and Victoria, so they kind of knocked it down and built a new <laughs> castle. And that's what's um, that's where the queen goes today. Okay. I mean, they did have approximately one zillion kids, so they needed yes. a lot of space. <laughs> they needed room. So <laughs> what's the property actually like? You know, it's interesting. I haven't seen pictures of the inside of Balmoral, but everyone who describes it kind of describes it as super outdoorsy. Apparently there's like antlers on the wall um, and really vast grounds, a big vegetable garden, which apparently is Prince Philip's purview. Um, But what's super interesting is that different people describe Balmoral in shockingly different ways. So Tony Blair once called it freaky. Margaret Thatcher, you know, (laughs) said it was like visiting purgatory. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. But then it's also the Queen's like absolute favorite place to be. So it's kind of a funny thing to think about. I would love to see pictures of the inside. Well, that actually raises the question. So is it possible to visit there or is it only just her private residence? So... Parts of it are open to the public um, in only certain times of the year, so not when she is there. Um, and you can actually you can actually rent a cottage to stay on the property, which that sounds like such a dream. That'd be so fun. Um, yes. <laughs> but I but I think that a lot of the prop I think part of the residence where they stay is kept private. Okay fascinating freaky i can't believe they called it freaky right and publicly and when is she usually there so she usually goes for this kind of weeks-long extended holiday starting at the end of july and into august and september um so i believe she goes up and stays somewhere close by for a week while it's still um open to the public and then they have kind of like a formal welcome when she gets there with the pony? <laughs> yes, exactly, with the pony. I feel like every time she goes to Scotland, a pony is there to greet her. Isn't it the his, same one, and don't they have, like, a long-standing feud? Oh, his, I don't know. His name is, like, I never know how to say it. It's, like, Crucian, Crucian, something that sounds like Crouton. Something Scottish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so funny. So do you have any insight as to why this property means so much to Queen Elizabeth? Like, is it just because it's really decked out? Is it because it's like the one place where she can be private? Like, what's your sense on why she likes this place so much? If I had to guess, I would guess it's because it's 
you know, I think privacy is so important for the royal family. And this is, and Balmoral is a place where they can really kind of get out of the spotlight and be themselves. Um, Tony Blair also said that, you know, the queen even does her own dishes there. It's like very much a place where they can be as normal as possible. (laughs) Not same. If I had a vacation castle and I was a queen, I would never do a dish again. She's taking a vacation from not doing dishes. I mean, I can't imagine a life in which it's like a novelty for me to do dishes. But I mean, that's very quaint. Um, So we know she loves it. Um, How do the rest of the royal family members feel about it? I mean, they all go, right? Or they're like invited to go for like weeks of her vacation. Right, exactly. Definitely other members of the family go. You know, the Cambridges go and Meghan and Harry go. Um, I know when Prince Charles was younger, he wrote a lot about how much he loved being there um, and how much he missed being away from Balmoral, just being out in the nature. Um, And Eugenie has spoken about how much her grandmother loves it and how she likes going there to spend time with her family. Um, But it's interesting. I was kind of looking to see what people had said about Balmoral before talking to you guys. And I I couldn't come across any quotes from William or Harry about it. And um, and I was thinking and they actually learned that um, that their mother had died while they were at Balmoral. And so I wonder if there's kind of like a a bittersweet element to it. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. So that means it was in the movie with Helen Mirren. Yes, I did watch that recently, fairly recently. That's where they And were. you see it there, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. And they sort of, like, camp out there while they figure out what to do for those couple of days. Oh, oh man. Well, gosh, maybe worth a rewatch. what a, a horrible memory to have associated with that spot. Yeah, truly. That makes a lot of sense, though. But, yeah, maybe they all, like, you were saying, like, Eugenie and stuff, maybe they really just like it there because that's where their grandma is the happiest, like, the most laid back, you know? Their dishwashing grandma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, okay, cool. Is there well, is there anything else we want to say about Balmoral aside from the fact that we want to go? Are there any fun facts we're missing about it? Well, what's really funny is on the website, on the Balmoral website, you can um, watch the squirrel cam, which I just think squirrel is really cam? funny. <laughs> um, I love that. Because Prince Charles like loves squirrels, which I just think is that the is. funniest fact. That makes me think about on Schitt's Creek when um, <laughs> Ted doesn't realize that the bunny cam is on yeah. at his veterinarian place after he takes a run. I, Sorry, segue. <laughs> I also just love all of this family's like weird attachment to animals. Not weird. I absolutely understand an attachment to animals, but it's strange animals, I should say. That's true. You know, I love that gif of um, Queen Elizabeth seeing a cow at some event. And she goes, <laughs> cows! <laughs> I just love that. Um, okay, so let's step away from chilly scotland which may i just say that's part of what i don't understand about balmoral is that she could vacation anywhere in the world and she chose she chooses to go to scotland where like you need gloves in july i don't understand it well it's beautiful it is beautiful but i don't get it not a beach it's just not what i would choose i would go to a beach yeah and speaking of beaches yes yes (laughs) um so we want to also ask you of course about mystique which is an area that is even more mysterious than balmoral probably yeah we've been referencing it the past few weeks because the cambridges were just there and we can't get to it and so that's why we were obsessed with it so what exactly is the royal connection to mystique Sure. So so Mystique has a much um, kind of shorter connection to the royals. It really 
only started to have ties to the royal family when um, Princess Margaret was given a plot of land on the island in the 1960s. Um, sure. And she really made it her... <laughs> Yeah, someone was just like, oh, here you go. Um, and she really made it like her getaway, her escape. And um, naturally, like where Princess Margaret went, celebrities went, and it became a very chic place to go. Um, and I know that the Queen and Prince Philip went at least like a couple of times, but it was really just Princess Margaret's place until Will and Kate started to go recently. Okay. Were they going before she became royal? And it was it was her family, right? Like the Middletons are really into it, or was this something that happened later? You know, that's a really good question. I'm not sure, um, but I do know that the that Carol and Michael, you know, her parents, they do um, they do go with them. So there might have been that Middleton connection for sure. Yeah, it's hard to imagine where it began because I just think of it as like a Princess Margaret thing, but it wasn't as if she was necessarily like bringing Prince William with her, right? Or bringing Kate Middleton. <laughs> or bringing Kate Middleton, of course, because the timelines don't overlap. But I guess you don't really like need Like Mamma Mia too. Yeah, you don't need like a super <laughs> excuse, I suppose, to go to Mystique. Like it's an absolutely beautiful place. So it's not a hard sell, I suppose. Um, right. But can you tell us a bit about the island's privacy? Because again, one of the many reasons why Lisa and I have not gone yet is that it is private so like how also the cost and well the cost and so how <laughs> many people are sort of there and like how do the properties work like is it only people who who own properties there so that's a really good question so um there are only there's a maybe a hundred or so homes on the island and those are all private um but they do from what I've seen, you can rent them out, but you kind of need to know who to know. Do you know what I mean? Um, but there I mean, are I two... don't know any of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> But there are two very small hotels. So that would be kind of your gateway in if you wanted to go. Um, okay. But exactly like are you there, said. Are like, restaurants and bars? So there oh. are a couple. There's. It's very much like there's just a handful of restaurants. There's one um, bar that's super well known called Basil's Bar. Um, and Basil was actually, I believe, invited to William and Kate's wedding. Um, oh. And yeah. But basically, like everyone on the island is registered with the security team. They are very aware of who's there. Um, and I believe that the security team is actually headed by a former member of the Scotland Yard. So it's like, very intense. Oh, wow. Okay. Amazing. So because it's so super private, how much do we actually know about William and Kate's time there? Like, do we know how long they stay or who comes with them? Like, are they always staying in the same, like, sort of hotel or house? Yeah. So we know a little bit, but not a lot. Like, kind of like we've been saying, they definitely pick this location in part because it is so private and and because there isn't, you know, tons of paparazzi and things like that that they're trying to get away from when they're with their kids. Um, but we do know that Kate's parents have traveled with them. Um, Nanny Maria has gone in the past. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if she was there this year too. Um, and they've definitely stayed at, at several different villas over the years, all... Um, which have been owned by friends of the couple. Um, it's really good to be a friend of those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to like give back when you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, very so one cool. thing that we've heard is that the past two years they've stayed at this one particular villa. Um, 
Villa Antilles. Yeah. And do we know anything about it? Well, so my coworker, Chloe, put up a great story on Town & Country. Small plug. Um, (laughs) (laughs) With some really, like, beautiful photos of that villa. So um, definitely give that a Google. Uh, But it it has, like, five bedrooms. It has a private chef, a gorgeous pool um, with a beautiful view. So um, I don't know a ton about it, but I have seen those photos and it definitely looks like a place you would want to go. You would want to go. So you're saying you're willing to visit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I love it. I wish we could. I think it's so interesting, like as opposed to the queen who we, we know when she's at Balmoral because it's such an official engagement sort of. And there's a pony. And there's a pony. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I feel like when the Cambridges go to Mystique, we just sort of know they're there like they don't report that they're there it's just every all the royals reporters know that they're there like we hear oh prince george is having a birthday so we know where they are (laughs) yeah exactly just look very mysterious um but anyway can i would love to hear from you also some of the royals other go-to vacation spots because we know balmoral and mystique but um i feel like william and kate like they love beaches, for example, and Meghan and Harry go to Africa all, all the time. So where are some of the other go-to spots for this family? Totally. Well, like you mentioned, I mean, Will and Kate, they love beaches. They love um, they love to be private. They went to the Seychelles for their honeymoon. Um, I think they just like that time to decompress, but they also love to go skiing. Um Remember, there was that adorable Christmas card from a few years ago with um, George and Charlotte, and they're all like bundled up in their ski gear. So that was yes. taken in that the French the, Alps. The snowball fight. Yeah, the cute little snowball fight. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was taken in the French Alps. And I know um, Jack and Eugenie, they met when they were in a ski town too in the Swiss Alps. Harry and William also went skiing a ton when they were younger um, with Princess Diana. And I feel like Princess Diana loved the extremes. She loved to go skiing, but she also loved to go to the beach. She was seen in San Tropez. She was seen all over the Caribbean. Gorgeous photos of swimsuits. Um, so they like the hot and they like the cold. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't ski, but if I were fancier, <laughs> maybe I would. And what about Megan and Harry? So... Um, definitely, you know, recently we just saw that photo of, of Megan's hands. Did you guys see that one on their Instagram account? Yes. No, what? What? It was the the elephant one, Caitlin. Oh my God. I'm looking right now. Is the elephant one from their Botswana trip in 2017 and she's wearing jewelry. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. I did see this. She has like, she has like, (laughs) yes, tons of jewelry. And she's like holding the little, um, the trunk of the elephant. I love that picture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so they love to go to Botswana. That's obviously a very special place for, for them. Um, and they also love to kind of just stay in England, but get out, um, to the countryside when they used to have their house in the Cotswolds, like that was a very familiar area for them. Um, and I think it's just a lot easier for them to do that. You know, I feel like anytime Megan is in the airport, she's obviously photographed. I mean, that goes for any Royal, but, um, sometimes I think it's easier for them to stay, within the country and just head out to a little bit more secluded area. You know, this reminds me of a question that we discussed like almost every episode this time last year, which was where did Meghan and Harry go on their honeymoon, which remains an eternal mystery for Royals obsessives. Do you have any insight or any guess? 
Oh gosh, any guess? I don't have any insight like you. I'm <laughs> I'm still just flabbergasted that you that we don't know. Like how crazy is that? Um, I know they pulled it off. Although they like most people seem to think it was Africa, East Africa somewhere, but yeah, like where? Where? Exactly. Yes. I think you know maybe something could come out with their royal tour later this year if oh, they say something about oh. You know, the last time I was here or they mention, you know, ah. I, I remember something. I don't know. I think we should keep our ears for that, ears out for that um, later this year. And it's got an ooh and an ah. If they're listening listening and they need publicity, that's a great way to drum up publicity for your Africa trip that everyone's going to be writing about anyway. I would love that. (laughs) Um, Well, just just to wrap things up with you, Caroline, I would love to hear if you had a one week vacation coming up, let's say over Labor Day, which of these vacation spots that we've discussed would you choose? Oh, okay. I'm not a hot weather person. I'm about as pale as they come. So the beach places are out, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) But I would love to go just see Balmoral. I know it's like, what do they mean? It's freaky, but it's also like the most beautiful place. I'm so intrigued. So I think I'd have to say Balmoral. Yeah, I always just assumed it was like stiff and formal, but now that you've told me it's a f- quote freaky or quote purgatory, <laughs> I think it might be at the top of my list as well. Mine is Botswana. Botswana's good. Maybe the Seychelles. Yeah. I either. wouldn't say no to the Seychelles ever. If the Seychelles are listening, I'm, we're, we're I'm willing free. to go. <laughs> free. Um, well, thank you again so much, Caroline, for being here, for calling in. Um, we, again, really value your stories and we encourage everyone listening um, to go look up her byline. And Ari, can you tell us uh, your social media handles if you'd like to share them and where people can find your writing? Oh, sure. Um, I'm at C. Halliman, which is a little bit hard to spell, but um, just give that a, a Google and it should come up. C. Halliman on Twitter and Instagram. And I have a newsletter. So, um, Check my bios for a link on how to subscribe. I love that. Awesome. I love a Royals newsletter. Um, well, thank you again for being here. We really appreciate it. And now I just want Thanks to go on vacation. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we adjourn the Royal Pod, let's get into some highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. We start with lows, so distressing news, obviously. Yeah, the distressing news. Um, I actually wanted to swing in one Prince Andrew thing that's actually not related to all the horrible scandal. He mixed up his daughters on for their birthdays last week. <laughs> it was Beatrice's birthday, and he posted pictures of Eugenie, which I feel like is less him and probably more his social media team. But yeah. like, come on. Um, so that's that's our lows. Um, Hitlin, what's your high though? My high. Oh. I like I almost didn't want to discuss this out of my anger at Netflix um, for you having to wait for me having to wait. Like, I just feel like we've done like itty bitty, teeny tiny updates like once a week for a year. But now we finally can say that season three will premiere on November 17th of the crown of the crown. (laughs) And we got this like tiny teaser where you see um, Olivia Coleman as Queen Elizabeth kind of like dramatically look in a direction. Olivia Coleman burns me with her eyeballs. Olivia Coleman is one of my dream dinner party guests. Oh my now, god. I am such a fan of hers. I just finished Broad Church, which was gut-wrenching. She's so amazing. She's so amazing in Fleabag. She's so Fleabag, amazing. The favorite. In the favorite her in Oscar like, speech. 
in everything. Like, Olivia Coleman, you are the queen. Yeah, it's just such an amazing, teen, like, four-second clip if you haven't watched it already. But it'll, like, um, go to the core of you. Yeah, if you didn't know anything about The Crown and you didn't know it was about the real Queen Elizabeth II, you would think that it was, like, a villain or something because she just, like, looks at you dramatically and is like, I'm going to eviscerate you. And I'm like, please, do it. <laughs> I welcome it. So that's also my high, obviously. Because, yeah, like, what's a bigger high than Olivia Coleman being Effing amazing. I'm for, in like so a teeny excited. tiny clip. Uh, thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm not going so outdoors for all of like November. I hate going outdoors in November anyway. This is just like an extra excuse. Perfect. Just in time for Thanksgiving to like watch with my mom in sweatpants. Thank you, Netflix. I'm not mad at you anymore. Still kind of am. It's fine. Best Whatever. friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. And you can leave us a review, of course, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, here's a real review from Meta Valentic. Will you read it, Lisa? No? No, wait, hold on. Why not? I'm burping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't keep that in. Don't we keep that in, please. We have to keep that in. No. <laughs> so no. I thought you were mad at this person. Okay. No, I love this person. <laughs> we have a review, a real review from Meta Valentic. Would you like to read this, Lisa? Yes. They write, thank you for describing your endless quest to get a copy <laughs> of September's British Vogue in the U.S. Anyway, they said that they went to Barnes & Noble in a newsstand and no one has it and people when they call people on the other end of the phone act like they're crazy <laughs> and we can relate because I still haven't found it I see on Instagram people holding it but it's always people like in the UK or somewhere in Europe rude I think maybe by like Labor Day we'll have it I don't or know or we'll have to just fly to Europe I guess that's, that's an the option. O- that's literally the only conclusion. Hey, now we want to go to Balmoral. Yeah, very simple. Um, but the the note ends, may we all find a British vogue of our very own. I wish that for you, Lisa. I wish that for myself. I wish that for Meta Valentic. And I wish that for everyone listening. Yes. Just to be able to sit by the beach, maybe in Mystique or the Seychelles, with your own copy of British Vogue. I just want to read Megan's words. I mean, I've read them, but like, I, know. I, want, I want to read them, them in my hand. I want to hold them. And I want to look and see if my face shows up in the mirror. I do really on want On the cover. Ugh, well, until then, follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. You can follow me, Lisa, on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Raya and read my writing also at lisaraya.com. Nice. And until next week, God save the pod. Where's our plane ticket?